0: and welcome to episode 46 of off the charts a stellar newscast i'm your co-host and producer whitney mcknight in missoula montana and i am joined from new york by my colleague co-host and fellow astrologer elizabeth grace with news and astrological commentary for the week of july 31st 2023 we'll get to the news in a
1: moment but first hello elizabeth how are you i'm going to go to ireland soon you ever hear that song that's the Roaches. It's from their first album, The Roaches. Terry Suzy, and Suzzy yeah, Terry and, and Maggie and Suzy Maggie, Roach. Yeah, we no, don't I'm give already. out our ages and we don't give out our phone numbers. the first yeah, but I really am going to Ireland so I'm excited. So there.
0: okay, what are you gonna be doing in Ireland?
1: I'm going to be sleeping there for one night and then I'm going on to Italia. Well, that's but I thought funny. it would be really super fun. I was, uh, there's this really cool, um so as Mercury starts turning retrograde soon and people are planning their escapes, there is a website called skiplagged.com. And if you're going to travel somewhere, you can put in your final destination and it will pull up all of these options where you can take these long stopovers. And I've never been to Dublin. I've been to Ireland, but I've never been to Dublin. And I, and I'm meeting a friend in Venice. And so I put in New York to Venice and it gave me this option for a 23 hour layover in Dublin. So I'm going to Dublin. I'm so excited. I can't stand
0: it. So, and then do you get to save money when is cause I've done that. I did that when um, I went to Reykjavik in Iceland once and we did a sort of a, um, something similar. I think I
1: might've even used the same service and it was cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the it's the amazing thing. I think um, United Airlines tried to sue this site or something and they lost. And so the that is it. Is- yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a household hint, but it's a life hack, I guess. If you're going to travel a really long distance and you want to stop somewhere cool on the way over, this is how you can do it.
0: Well, that sounds great. So I hope you have a good time. Well, here in Montana, it's smoky, although I guess nowadays more people are able to relate to the forest fire smoke stories than used to be. It used to be just a Western thing, but definitely I know in Canada where we have listeners and in Australia and on the East Coast where you are, you've all felt what this is like, although I'm told this is not bad and it's going to get worse, but...
1: (laughs) Can you see the mountains?
0: Um,
1: Can you still see the mountains?
0: Yeah, but it's really hazy. (laughs) Regardless, I'm going to tell folks who we are. We are both running corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news and offer an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. And we bring you news from the Unsold Universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It's moving through us and around us and is a larger intelligence extending beyond what any of us could ever possibly imagine. And you can learn more by visiting ensouled, stack.com Our top stories, the third and most sweeping indictment for the former President Donald Trump, as Elizabeth has been predicting, she has predicted this several times, and she is spot on. Five co-conspirators have been named, but not the sixth. So Elizabeth has some theories Also, the family of Henrietta Lacks has settled out of court with Thermo Fisher Scientific. We're getting, we'll tell you more about that if you don't know who Henrietta Lacks is. It's actually a pretty big deal. Florida is now a hotspot, not only for political discourse, (laughs) also for leprosy. So we're going to
1: cover Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) (laughs) all right so elizabeth we're gonna laugh about that and i actually found a planetary pattern that might explain why this is on the rise otherwise (laughs) otherwise otherwise, it wouldn't include it otherwise it wouldn't wouldn't happen and that's because of it does not in the horoscope it's not in the headlines um yeah okay so uh let's recap so over the weekend what 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 is led up to this moment we've got venus retrograde in leo everybody has to remember to say please and thank you but venus stationed uh, it's stationed on the ascendant of uh, Donald Trump. On Tuesday, we had this confluence, a trifecta of events. We had Mars trying Jupiter. So over the weekend, we could expect this rush of perfection in action, uh, trying to make things as they should be. Mars, Jupiter, Jupiter refers to courts among other things and then we had mercury how we need to think and communicate was opposing saturn which is a heavy controlling disciplined you know sometimes you have to recognize a loss or, or a strategic ambition and then we had this full moon uh which was at 10 degrees of aquarius opposing the leo sun and it was fascinating because um, we look at uh, every degree in the zodiac has a corresponding Sabian symbol. That's the technical term. I don't want to get into too. We'll put a link in the show notes that so you can read the history of what this is. But you can read the Sabian symbol that corresponds to any planet at a particular degree and get a flavor of what what it's all about. And the. Sabian symbol for this full moon has to do with ephemeral popularity. Somebody who's been in the limelight and then suddenly the star is fading. So that was interesting. In Donald Trump's horoscope, we had been saying since last year that he had two planetary patterns. One is a solar arc, which is a way... Another way astrologers have of measuring time, a solar arc between Pluto and Saturn, extremes of control, anguished effort that, and this solar arc, this way we have of measuring time echoed the the transit of Pluto. I think it's opposing the Saturn. Yes, opposing the Saturn all through 2020. So we would expect a recall of whatever was going on in 2020 where he lost. And then at the end of July, he had another measurement, secondary progressed moon, yet another way astrologers have of measuring time. I believe squaring or opposing, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but making a hard aspect to Saturn. And I think that was exact on July 29th or 30th. So this is setting him up for some heavy losses. And... Wouldn't you just love it? He was indicted for the third time for actions related to January 6th, 2020, on that full moon. The synchronicity is absolutely amazing. So here we are. Okay. Well, what I find interesting about this is that he remains
0: the leading candidate for the GOP. And (laughs) if you're not an American, the GOP are the Republicans. GOP stands for Grand Old Party. It's an historical thing. Borowitz is this comedian who um, writes funny headlines for The New Yorker. And he said a couple of weeks ago that Trump was one indictment away from winning the candidacy for the Republican (laughs) ticket for president. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I just thought, yeah, except that's true. Because every time he gets indicted, he actually wins in the polls. Um, he does end up getting more wind under his wings. I still maintain what I've said in the past, which is, is that next year the GOP is going to splinter. But what's intriguing me now is, is that basically we have an army of give or take 70 million Americans whom I, I am judging based on their insistence on this man's innocence are living in fantasy. I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to be um, provocative. I'm calling it as I really see it. There is a fantasy involved here that these people are special. He's special. He is the victim of a witch hunt. Yeah. But a lot of what you've described astrologically and now with all of this happening in his, if his chart is correct, um, in his first house and in his 10th house, because he has Leo rising, you know, when you have a, a Venus retrograde, you can you can spin it a whole bunch of different ways we've been talking about it and one way is you could you could re tell your story as being the regal one the important one the one that has the power not the one through whom the power flows which i was going to get into that actually i've been thinking a lot about that but this idea that they're special and that has been cultivated and that is what a megalomaniac does is it, they cultivate this idea that if you believe in them, it's because you are special. Mm. So there's a lot of specialness going on during his own experience of the um, Venus retrograde. But this is the thing that I find could be really problematic about this indictment is that I've just described as an astrologer, what I think is his state of mind. He seems to me to be very, well, we know he's a, a narcissist, but he seems right now to be very involved in this fantasy that he didn't do anything wrong, and he's above the law, and he's fantastic, and the law is coming after him, and it's unfair,
1: and you know, blah 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 blah. Mercury's square Neptune in his horoscope, the way he needs to think—it's—it's—it's to keep this in mind. The way he needs to think: Mercury and in Cancer, intuitive square Neptune, spins. He, he you know, he's that's that's a lot of pixie dust in right. in your thinking, magical thinking potentially.
0: So the indictment to me could become a problem because it is very sweeping. It does cover what it should cover, which is that this man essentially incited an insurrection, but it's going to have to prove a state of mind. And that's where I was just like, I don't know if they can prove a state of mind. I don't know if they can ultimately prove a state of mind. So really it's going to come down to whether or not an entire jury decides that he did or did not believe he had been cheated because that's really what this indictment has set itself up to prove. It's going to have to prove he didn't believe it, not upholding the constitution, actually creating an insurrection versus, well, he's just delusional and this is what he did because he really did believe it basically like an insanity plea. So I am really concerned. I don't know where this is going to go. So astrologically. No, no, that's it. Really that's, that's really interesting.
1: It, that's interesting. And I'm remembering now more than one instance where people who were around him heard, maybe they even recorded, that would be great, um, him acknowledging that he had not won the election. Right. And that is, if they can...
0: Maintain that line, yeah. And and his defense doesn't. And who knows? His defense may suck because there's not a lawyer left that has the the dignity. I think. And if he ends up with a lawyer, I really wonder about that lawyer's status in in terms of um, whether or not they're a respectable lawyer and what their caseload is. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But he's had problems obtaining and retaining counsel. So if they can somehow shoot that down and if the defense is very skilled at making sure that that stays in the front of the minds and they can prove it of the jury then finally justice will be served and then astrologically I think whatever's meant to happen it will be there will be some satisfaction for people in terms of waiting for him to get his just deserves but that indictment really did set that up as a way that I thought oh well hmm. <laughs>
1: good luck you know, it's interesting, I, you know, it supposedly was released at 530, 530 yesterday, and you know, I don't know why, I know, because I was distracted with other things yesterday. Um, it, it did, it was just... Let me just give me one second. I will. I will look. I will look at the chart for five thirty. I, what I did, I looked at the time of the arraignment tomorrow, and, and I sent that chart to you, which is a very interesting chart. But I, I have not looked at this uh, at this indictment, and they were very specific um, that they did not want to. They didn't want to. Release it until five thirty, and so five thirty in okay. My neck of the woods is good enough. Twenty-seven degrees Sagittarius rising, the galactic center. Um, they are the prosecution. They're uh, they're represented by Jupiter, which is the same deal that we're going to see going into this arraignment tomorrow. Um, the defendant is Mercury. He's. I mean, it's interesting. He has a lot of potency. He says we see this in the chart for the arraignment. So I'm just backtrack. So one of the things, one of the ways you can use astrology, one of the ways you can use astrology to assess the the potential outcome of a trial is you take the time in a trial when the prosecuting attorney makes their opening statement. So we're not going to have that yet because there's no trial but we can use that structure and look at every step of uh, along the way and so the arraignment tomorrow is similar to what we had for the indictment with a sagittarius rising which means that your prosecuting attorney is going to be represented by they're bringing the case. And so they're representing, they're represented by the ruler of the ascendant. So that would be Jupiter. Great. And the defendant would be the seventh house, the opposing party. And this is represented by Mercury. Gemini is on the cusp of the seventh house. It's ruled by Mercury, which is in Virgo is about as good as it gets. But Mercury, where does Mercury fall in this horoscope? He falls in the house that is ruled by the plaintiff's attorneys, which would be Jack Smith and all the other people bringing this case. And they are represented by the son and Leo. So they're strong. And so you have this very strong, high functioning defendant caught in the, in the trap, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, and so that looks hopeful. For, that, that this guy will be able to be literally contained by the attorneys.
0: Well, I just wanted to say that it's an interesting dichotomy between the sun as the um, the narcissist, you know, the sun shining at, at that, that unyielding fire versus the sun as the leader. So what is the real leader? And then we have, as I've already alluded to, this whole faction of our society here in the United States that, just have thrown away anything other than the fantasy so they're blinded in a sense by the light. So which light will end up shining? Well,
1: it's interesting. I mean, the sun is elevated and it's on the cusp of the ninth house, which is legal matters and where it joys, where it is super duper happy. So we've got the super high functioning sun that rules the attorneys that are bringing this case. But Neptune, this is just, but, but this doesn't, again, this is just one step in the process. And in astrology, it's like, you know, what what step is the, first step so but with respect to tomorrow neptune is at the bottom of this horoscope which is as whitney's saying belief lies you know delusions um what's interesting here is that i'm sorry
0: to step in but also the fourth house and the ic that is that represents the nation the leadership is at the top and the nation is at the bottom. So at least in the way that I would read it, the fourth house is where you look for questions of patriarchy, um, um, you know, maybe even jingoism, but definitely homeland. You would look for homeland and then in a very neutral sense. So it's the homeland.
1: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. If we were, if it was a, this were a horary question, we would consider, or, um, I'm looking at it as a trial chart. And so the, I'm looking at the fourth house in this case as the end of the matter or the root of the whole thing. Any planet on an angle is going to demand our attention. It's going to be a big part of the story. And what we have that's angular in this horoscope is Neptune right at the bottom of this chart for the arraignment tomorrow. What's interesting is if we were looking at this as a trial chart, the moon represents the jury, the people. And it's very interesting to see that they, that the moon in this case is moving away from the defendant into a sextile or harmonious aspect Mm -hmm. with the plaintiff. The country that's bringing the suit would be the United States, and so there's a suggestion that you know the jury is is likely to be swayed by the people bringing this case, which is the United States, but also the planets that represent the plaintiff and the defendant are also moving into an alignment: Mercury and Jupiter. Are moving into a trine, and so that's an argument that there might be a deal made. So,
0: actually, I hadn't thought about this before, but as you've elucidated, it makes me feel even stronger about my my theory and my prediction that the GOP will splinter. Mm. Because at a certain point, when do you actually just say, you know, we've jumped the shark on this guy? We cannot keep being the Trump of, you know, the party of Trump. When when's that when's that bottom line going to get drawn? Now, don't forget, we've also predicted come September, around the time of the um, equinox, Mitch McConnell's losing power one way or another. One way or another, he's losing yeah. power. So the the party's about if it has been in disarray already.
1: Guess what? It's going to be a shit salad. It's going to be really super duper fractured, especially next year as Jupiter go. We've said this before. Jupiter is going to go into Gemini. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head when that happens. I want to say late spring, but don't quote me on it because I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Jupiter will go into Gemini and, and by approximately this time next year, it's going to be activating the path that Mars took last year when it was retrograde in Gemini and engaged a measurement in the horoscope of the united states our own mars neptune square is something you know this is the whole american dream for one thing that's that's what that is and so as jupiter goes into gemini and activates the path that mars took, we're going to see an expansion and of the of the like kaleidoscopic funhouse mirror what the heck is real, what the heck is truth, and we have way too many choices. That makes sense? Oh yeah. I st- oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Let's move on to talking about these conspirators and particularly who the mystery conspirator is. You have an interesting theory and you have I a few charts. I, I know
1: <laughs> so um people people are talking on the Twitter, because it's never gonna be X to me. People are talking on the Twitter and also in other real papers about the fact that the indictment that was released made it very clear without naming names of the six co-conspirators there was enough detail provided so that everybody could figure it out. Okay. So Rudy Giuliani is one of them. Uh, you know, totally John Eastman, the, 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 the pseudo lawyer, I say pseudo lawyer because his legal theories are are arguably batshit crazy. Um, and I think that's the technical term. Um, John Eastman who came up with this idea that the vice president could overrule everything, um, Jeffrey Clark, who who was was arrested at some point, hauled out in his underwear at some point. He was going to be the attorney general that was going to implement the whole coup d'état once they got it. Some guy named Cheeseboro or Chesborough, I can't remember what his role was. And then uh the leopard lady uh lawyer, Sydney Powell, and I say that because she's always she wears, she had this trait, she's gotta have Leo in her horoscope because she's always seen in this like leopard, this leopard print um uh sweater set, twin set. So they those are the five that everyone could figure it out. But then there is a sixth, simply referred to as quote, a political consultant.
0: Yeah, because in Washington, that really narrows it down.
1: <laughs> Does it? Are you are you making a joke? I can't tell because you know the Washington beat much better than I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely being ironic. You're making a joke. She's so funny. All right. So see, I don't know this because I'm not. A, I've never been a Washington beat reporter. But anyway, uh, so who could? So who could this be? And. And why wouldn't they make an allusion? It's not Mark Meadows because he wasn't a consultant. He was the chief of, of staff. And he's not really re- referred to much in this 45 page. So apropos, 45 page for the 45th president. Um, he, he, they don't mention him as a co-conspirator. You have a feeling it is. Well, I don't have a feeling it is. I have no idea. I just think it's interesting to go and look at the horoscope of Ginny Thomas Okay, because everyone's um, been, you know, pe- not everyone, but people were like, "Why hasn't this woman been subpoenaed?" You know, she, we we have her texts, you know, begging Mark Meadows. We know that she reached out to to various assorted state fake electors, you know, begging, 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 begging the world to be saved with with Trump staying in in power. And I just thought, well, you know, let's just see what's going on and what we know of her horoscope. And she either has a Early degree Capricorn or late degree Sagittarius moon. If it's late degree Sagittarius, she's she is caught in the bewildering fog of transiting Neptune, which dissolves whatever it touches. Neptune is squaring her moon if, if it's late late um, Sagittarius. She is a sun sign Pisces around late four to five degrees, depending upon what time she was born. And we don't know. With the noon birth time, it's four degrees, 52 minutes of Pisces. And Saturn is just about to hit that sun for the second time, suggesting, as we've seen in Mitch McConnell's case, for example, that there may be a squeeze or some kind of control or limitation uh, you know, placed on ego and vitality very interesting mm. other things very very interesting and you know her pluto is at 29 degrees of leo which is about where venus stationed. so that's been activated there's a lot going on now, th- no but the point is is that this is a horoscope now whether wh- whether my you know <laughs> you know i i i'm not saying that i believe in this at all i'm just going well this is an interesting horoscope we should see some action in this person's life over the next few months And, and we've just told, and the other thing she has going on, um, transiting Uranus is about to, or just has squared her Venus square. Yeah, square. Mm. So there's a disruption and there's an event, and then there's other things that are about to get activated by the eclipse. She has a, Wait, wait, wait. It just, wait, I'm not looking at her chart. Let me pull it up. Okay, pull it yeah, up you, so you can play along because, yeah, so way in here because this is just a really interesting horoscope. Did you just say that
0: about. it was at 29 degrees? Her, her, her Pluto penis?
1: is at 29, Leo. Oh, 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 okay right okay Pluto's at 29 Leo yeah I see it okay do you see it so the Mm -hmm. Venus Pluto opposition so this is a person who's likely to take a sledgehammer uh, to hang a photo uh, to hang a picture up instead of a little hammer because there's a a tendency to go overboard emotional overkill a lot of passion in this horoscope and then she's got this um, she has Mercury how she needs to think is square to Mars in Taurus which is which is stubborn as all get out uh, and also potentially volatile and then she's got Neptune what is going on Neptune in a horoscope. Uh there's a ah interesting. There is a um quinchile. De, de chile. That is a 165-degree relationship between two patterns, and it has the quality of obsessive compulsive tendencies. And this quin de chile is between Neptune, her vision, and this stubborn Mars the way she needs to take action, which is she's going to dig in. So that's really interesting. Anyway, that's an interesting horoscope. We'll see who that sixth conspirator is. I can't wait. and probably won't be Ginny Thomas. But if it is, you can say, I heard two astrologers talking about that. Yeah,
0: but even if it isn't... um It's going to be fun to see what that squeeze on her is. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I
0: hope it's not a health concern. I hope it's something where she actually has to account for her actions.
1: That'd be my preference, but. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice.
0: Okay. So then we were going to
1: look, did we want to look briefly at Jack Smith and then the judge? Oh my God, the judge is amazing. The judge. So, so, you know, which, which one shall we talk about first? Um, Fielder's choice. Well, Judge Tanya is up here is is easier to find. So, I'm actually I have up. that chart up right now actually. You have, have Let's talk about Judge Tanya Schubertken. I, I went to howtopronounce.com. I I don't know how C H U T K I K A N. Judge it, Tanya. That's a thing. pronounce.com. <gasps> yes, you just t- <laughs> just type it into Google, how to pronounce and know. it comes up and it gives you a little audio file. It's like you can actually listen to it. It's it's, it's like the ultimate Berlitz for every word in the planet. It's really cool. So, Judge Tanya, everybody is everybody is connected. Judge Tanya, she's uh, her son is at thirteen degrees Cancer. I think right on the son of the United States. She is the United States of America in this in this uh, playing the role of the United States of America. Uh, with uh, she is born in sixty two, so she's kind of like up. that. Given given that Donald Trump does not have a good track record with Miss Americas, no, he doesn't. Or was it Miss Universe? Whatever. Okay. So, so, so Judge Tanya here with her sun and Cancer driven by moon, probably in Leo, probably, but we don't know. It might be Virgo. We don't know. We don't have a time for her. Uh, and probably close to, uh, and, and, and okay. So, a grand trine, sun and Cancer, trying to Jupiter and Pisces. So, that's, that's a lot of compassion here. High functioning, trying to Neptune. So, this person, is she is a law unto herself she's gonna make her own path we're not going to get into a personal life here i could say a lot about a grand trine in a in a personal life but but let's talk about what's active in this horoscope what's being activated in this horoscope interesting that the ascendant for the new for the full moon was 10 degrees of scorpio set in washington dc judge tanya's neptune 10 degrees of scorpio there's a connection the midheaven of the full moon chart set in the united states this is the day that she gets it's the luck of the draw and her name is pulled out of the hat to run this case her uranus is at 28 degrees of leo which is where venus stationed which was the midheaven of the full moon chart Set in the set in that we just had, it's just it's fascinating. And Uranus is square to Mars at 27 degrees of Taurus, which means that it's sitting. It is squaring Donald Trump's Mars and his ascendant, and her Mars is sitting on his midheaven. This Mars Uranus, the she is, she is stubborn as all get out in her action plan, and she's willing to take risks and. It's going to be disruptive and provocative for this defendant that's going to be seen in her court tomorrow. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and, let's her, see- and her Saturn is at nine degrees of Aquarius, for what it's worth. And it's, okay. Anyway. All right. So anyway, that's cool. And um Judge, Judge Jack, Jack Orama here. Where is Jack? One while I look up. Wait, wait, he's not he's not the what? judge. He's the no, prosecutor. he's not the judge. He's the prosecutor. And I, I want to say something in, about we've talked about Merrick. I'm as I'm looking uh as I'm I'm multitasking, which I know I'm not supposed to do, but as I multitask, um Merrick Garland's horoscope, you know, we talked about it last year, and the fact of the matter is is that. There was just nothing going on in his horoscope it was so unbelievably boring it was like crickets we don't have birth time but now just in the last several weeks Transiting uranus has opposed his scorpio son so now things are starting to move in what we and i think that's fascinating that we're starting to see these indictments now stuff is going on all right here's jack smith he was born on June 5th, 1969, when we sent everybody into outer space. To the moon, to the moon. Was that 69 or 68? 69, I think. 14 degrees Gemini Sun. It's kind of out there. Wow, how his moon is probably Aquarius, probably late degree Aquarius. We don't know for sure, but we so we don't know. Possibly square to Neptune. We don't know because we just don't know. We don't have birth time. Um, but what's going on with his horoscope now? Give me a sec. There was something that I thought was, well, his Saturn, well, Mercury is at four degrees of Gemini, and so Saturn is squaring that Mercury, so this is heavy. This is heavy. And, oh, this was fun, his Mars retrograde, eight degrees of Sagittarius, which is the degree of the chart. For the time the indictment was released. Mm. And he showed, and then I guess his press conference started. I just thought that was fascinating.
0: Well, and I'm also looking at his Venus, which is at 29 degrees, 39 <laughs> Yes. Degrees thank in, you. Thank
1: you. Very important. Areas. He got
0: eclipsed. That got eclipsed back yes. in, in the spring. And oh, what is the ruler? Where's his ascendant? Let me figure this we out. We
1: don't know. We don't have a birth time. This is a noon chart. Um, well... Venus and
0: Aries, you know, at the anaerobic degree, the killing degree.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And that would be trine to uh, the ascendant of um, Trump. So Uh I am really curious if this is kind of like an E. Jean Carroll thing where (laughs) we saw in their charts that they had a karmic destiny to meet up.
1: I'm wondering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally possible. And and what's interesting is that this Venus how his values uh, Venus in Aries is a pioneer it's a warrior it's a crusader um you know she's, she, she's here to fight for the underdog and not only was Venus eclipsed in in April but it is being supercharged by transiting Pluto squaring by square right. so this is a this is an empowered Well that's crusading. why I was trying to fig- oh, yeah. sorry this, no, no, no. that's
0: that's why I was trying to figure out I didn't realize it was in yeah, it does say in noon charts. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't, it would be lovely to know where, which houses these things are happening in. Like, wouldn't it just be great if that, if Aries were in his ninth house (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) or if, um, you know, or if Pluto were there right now, that's what I was trying to figure out. But anyway, um, it's
1: interesting. It's interesting. Okay, um, so let's move on to let's move
0: on. Henrietta Lacks. That's Henrietta an interesting Lacks. Story. Yes. So she was a black woman in the nineteen,
1: I think, thirties. She was born in nineteen twenty. Yeah. So she died. Um, she died around nineteen fifty-one. She was yeah, thirty-one.
0: She was thirty-one. That's why the word the word thirties yeah. stuck in my head. She was thirty-one. She would had cervical cancer. And she was treated at um, Johns Hopkins hospital in Baltimore and they harvested cells from her tumors and they turned out to be super cells (laughs) and they were able to create many, many lines of cells, which you have to have if you're going to do any kind of clinical research, you have to have cells that are viable. And um, eventually thermo Fisher scientific um, they use these cell lines for so many different advances in medicine. There was a book written about this called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by exactly. Rebecca Skloot. And it detailed basically how her descendants have lived in if not poverty, definitely close to the to the bone, and have never received any compensation from the fact that her cells were harvested, not necessarily illegally, because there weren't any laws at that time, but they were harvested without any, any respect for the family, they didn't ask, they didn't tell, they didn't say anything about what they were doing. And then they went on to make freak loads of money. And they never thought about compensating the family until finally this week they the family settled out of court and uh, in an undisclosed amount apparently are very happy with the settlement um, with Thermo Fisher Scientific. But um, they had already created a um, a set of guidelines for how the cells would be used with the National Institutes of Health. But these these woman this woman's cells pretty much are the foundation of clinical research in medicine. So Yeah.
1: And here's, here's some fun astrology. Okay. So the settlement is announced on August 1st. We're recording this on August 2nd. It's Wednesday. So the settlement is announced on this full moon, which is her birthday. She was born August 1st. She's a Leo. Now, this is another fun thing. The chart for this full moon in the United States has this um scorpio 10 degrees scorpio rising that's her mars that's her that mars really wow. it's really amazing it's amazing and her mercury how she needs to think she, she she this woman is a leo with a whole pile of planets in leo she's got sun conjunct neptune in leo in uh, within orb of venus in leo jupiter is at 24 degrees of leo and mercury is at zero degrees of leo which is being supercharged by pluto and also this Jupiter-Saturn great mutation that we keep telling you about. Her moon is either in Pisces or Aquarius. We don't know because we don't have birth time, but the synchronicity is so interesting. It is. And
0: especially at the time of, of our conversation that we've been having around AI and who owns what, and I have been saying for a long time, the constitution is null and void anyway for all intents and purposes, as as long as we, as individual human beings have some part of us that is being harvested and farmed for the purposes of those who want to make money off of us without our permission, whether it's our data or ourselves, it really has to be taken into consideration when you start talking about freedom. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, one final fact. So it, it often happens when, yeah, I, 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 I wonder if you have this experience when you're in your client work, um, Within the, the scope of one day, charts will come across my desk or we'll be talking about them and they will have similar patterns. So I'm just looking oh, at yeah. Henrietta. Yeah. yeah. So, so Judge Tanya has a grand water trine and so does Henrietta Lax, which is just really, it's just like, like, why? It's like there's something going on. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so th- this really, really cool story. Um, well, speaking of water, water and
0: sickness yes florida (laughs) florida (laughs) if it's weird it's florida um florida is now being considered by the u.s centers for disease control and prevention the cdc to be a place where leprosy is endemic so leprosy is basically a bacterial infection I didn't read any actual uh, news reports. I don't even know if there's any news reports on this. I just, I was just reading the federal incidence report Mm -hmm. and it it simply sticks to the data of the findings. But I do have an interpretation as a former infectious disease journal editor, and that is (laughs) too much human encroachment on native habitats. So I'm saying that this is probably happening in Florida because of the ridiculous amount of building that's going on there and the encroachment on on um, the everglades and you know there is protection now on some of these places but um, it's a zoonotic infection it's it's
1: armadillos it's it's something Did that you read s- that oh, it is they said it, it- They thought it was being spread either by human contact or from armadillos, which unfortunately do not have a classical astrological rulership. I looked to see if I could find anything about why are we, why are armadillos making news? Yeah, but that's correct
0: that there are there is a band of uh, there there is a strain of this disease that is in armadillos so I think that that's relevant however I believe that some people are going to want to blame immigrants but the data show that um, even though the incidence of leprosy is on the increase the rates of diagnosis, the rates of diagnoses of leprosy in persons born outside of the U.S. is actually in decline and has been for two decades. So what that suggests is armadillos. It basically suggests (laughs) leprosy has become an endemic disease that has nothing to do with people moving there from out of the country and probably has a lot to do with overbuilding. But Looking at this astrologically, I'm going to hand that over to you for
1: that. Okay, I found a pattern. Okay, so I read what I was reading is it said, um, this these leprosy cases are up, they were at a peak in the United States in 1983, and so I went and saw, okay, well, what was going on? And Pluto was it the back end of Libra? Like 27, 28 Libra. So it was, it was activating the US Pluto at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And Neptune was around, it was, it was activating the Mars Neptune square in our horoscope a couple of years beforehand. But in 1983, it was at 27 Sagittarius and Neptune is at 27 Pisces now. So what's happened is, um, everything is, the, the wheel has turned 90 degrees. We now have a hard, we have a, a tension, we have a tension-filled contact to what was going on back in late 90, ni- 1983. And so I thought, well, that's very interesting that this particular disease, which was apparently hot in 1983, is making headlines again now with those two outer planets, Neptune um. and Pluto, which I think do have, I mean, they are useful in tracking epidemics. I mean, although this isn't an epidemic, but it's an endemic, right? Is that is that you know, you you know the it's, lingo. it's not
0: an endemic. It just means it's endemic to endemic. Florida, so meaning that it's you can find it um, in Florida. It doesn't have to be transported there from somewhere else. It's still something you have to and in fact the CDC is suggesting you take precaution when you go there. So yeah, it just endemic means it's it's part of the landscape taken into consideration when you travel there.
1: Don't pet any armadillos.
0: Yeah, don't let them spit on you. Don't it's, let them spit on you. Transfer, Do they spit? It, it, uh, no, <laughs> like but no. I'm just saying because it's <laughs> transferred the it's it's contagious and it's um it's it goes from human to human through spit.
1: Oh, I missed that part. That's icky. Okay. All right. I didn't know that. What shall we talk about next?
0: I think that that's a lot. And that's um, a lot. The okay. fact is, there's so much more going on in the world, and and I mean the world. And I sorry to our listeners who really don't give a a flying hoo-ha about the former president Trump, but we would be remiss if we did not cover the astrology involved in the um, the third indictment here, because in fact, it does kind of matter to democracy, and we are kind of passionate about democracy
1: in the United States. So yeah, and it matters to the, this. and it matters to the rest of the world if the United States, you know, how the United States is able to function. You know, right now it's functioning a lot better than it was. Although Venus retrograde, Venus retrograde, a reevaluation. You're you're re reviewing the value of money etc so fitch whatever they do some ratings agency i can't remember off the top of my head they downgraded the u.s credit rating yesterday Mm. and and we're sort of in between venus as you know venus squared uranus uh, several days ago a disruption in matters of value we could expect market volatility. We all, nearly always see market volatility when Venus makes a hard aspect to Uranus or Pluto, and Venus will be swearing Uranus for the second for the third time. No, for the second time in of three passes next Wednesday, I think. So today there has been some reaction, but from by the people who trade stocks, stocks are down. Today on Wednesday, arguably as a result of this Fitch downgrade, which many economists are going, why are you doing this? It really doesn't matter, but they did it anyway. And since they did it during Venus retrograde, you know, maybe it was a poorly timed decision and they'll think better of it when Venus turns direct. I don't know.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Elizabeth, and to our listeners, feel free to leave comments about your own experiences with these astro patterns that we're discussing. And you can use the Substack app to do so you can just go on and and do comments where it it indicates the comments fields are it's so much easier to use, I think, than iTunes or Spotify. But if you're listening to us on either of those platforms, thank you very much. If you are using the Substack app, just remember we are listed as Ensold, E N S O U L E D dot Substack dot com. Off the charts is a podcast within a whole bunch of other things at Ensold. So you, I don't think if you look up off the charts, you'll get um, directly taken to this podcast. So it's ensold.substack.com within the Substack app. Okay, what about next week's astro weather?
1: Next week's astro weather. Okay, so we got through the full moon of Tuesday the 1st and the next big pattern. So you could be listening to this on Friday, August 4th. Over the weekend, meaning all day Saturday and Sunday, the moon is going to be in Aries, pretty much roaming without engagement, without interference from the other planets. So there's this long stretch of Aries lunar energy trining, it's going to trine the fiery Leo sun. So there's potential runaway fiery initiative uh, the subhead of my forecast that I published yesterday was burn, baby, burn. I think we're going to be reading a lot about that because um, the Leo sun is going to be squared And, and we're feeling this now, especially as you're, I hope you guys, you guys should buy some lottery tickets, buy a couple lottery tickets because we got a jackpot that's building right now. I don't know if they'll give it away, if they'll have a winner, um, by Friday, maybe it'll happen uh, around the sun Jupiter square, which is uh, buoyant, bombastic, uh, just big. That's the weekend. And then next week, on Wednesday, we've got more big and more disruption as Mercury in Virgo trines Jupiter. So it should be very interesting, high efficiency in matters of sports and uh, publishing and courts and foreign affairs. On the same day, Wednesday, August 9th, that we'll have the second square of Venus in Leo to Uranus. So unconventional women, and maybe that will have be something, I don't know if the world, cause I'm not following the world cup that closely, but if it's still going on next midweek, if that's still happening, I have no idea if it will be, um, there's probably going to be a lot of excitement about that because that yeah, would be we should cover that. Yeah. So that's that. And, um, one other thing uh, just occurs to me, a really fun, another life hack, in addition to skiplag.com for airfares Venus retrograde is a wonderful time to be reviewing finances and perhaps find some money you thought you'd lost. And there is a website, if you guys have never heard of it, go to unclaimed.org, unclaimed.org. And you will can go in there and get to the state treasuries of all 50 states and some territories, and I think even Canada, and find out if any state treasurer is holding money for you that they couldn't deliver. Like in what capacity? Taxes. So, so they. It could be an insurance claim. It could be a bank. Account. I mean, one time I found a hundred dollars because I forgot I had this checking account that I never used, and it got shipped to the New York Treasurer, and I stumbled oh. across it. Um, there was some residuals. Once upon a time, on a, yeah, yeah. So unclaimed dot. And then it's really, really fun because Venus is retrograde, and you can go in and you can search on behalf of all of your friends and family, everybody you know in every state that you guys have ever lived in. And you're going to be like the most popular person in the world because you're going to be finding money for them. And sometimes it's like 50 cents, but sometimes it's like several thousand dollars. That's weird. (laughs) Unclaimed.org. All right, well- Now that we've told you that and you can take the money. And if you do find any money, because this particular podcast is for everyone to listen to. So if you're not a patron subscriber and you find some money through unclaimed.org. Can I suggest that you become a patron subscriber with some of the money we told you to go get so you won't cost you anything and then you can listen to us every week? What do you think? (laughs) What a segue.
0: (laughs) That's great. Okay. Okay. And if you don't happen to claim any unknown um, piles of cash, then you could support us regardless. We would appreciate that. If you are not able to become a paid subscriber at this time, then the ways that you can still support us include commenting. Leaving a little like symbol, sharing us with others, and just continuing to listen and give us your feedback. We appreciate it. We
1: got so many nice emails and comments last week, and more patron subscribers. And thank you so much. Gosh, it feels so good to know that you are finding us fun and informative. And, you know, you have questions, or it's just, it really makes us feel great. So thank you so much.
0: So, and you can do that by going to ensouled. e n s o u l e d. substack. dot But if you are, as I said before, on another podcast platform and there's the ability to leave comments, just if they're honest, that's fine. Just don't be rude. <laughs> Please don't be rude. Anyway, that is it for episode 46. I'm Whitney McKnight. I'm the publisher of news from the Unsold Universe and Documental, mapping the American states of mind two publications found on Substack. You can search for either publication by its name or by my name, and that's McKnight with a K. I'm also the producer of this podcast. Elizabeth Grace writes a weekly forecast tracking what she calls the astonishing synchronicities between planetary patterns and news headlines. And she has been doing this for about 15 years now. You can find her work at elizabethgrace.com. That's Elizabeth with an S, nosy, elizabethgrace.com. So until next time, we thank you so much for being here. Please keep hope in your heart and get out there and look up at those amazing stars.
1: Look up!